Welcome into another episode of the Grim Issues Podcast. I'm Woody Womack, joined in person from New Orleans by Nick Kruger. Nick, how's it going tonight? Oh man, just uh, living down the day that was. Boy, it was a busy one. Yeah, we've been up. We've been up. You know, boy, this time change really throwing me off on uh, the old uh, daylight saving time. Yeah. Um, we actually are in New Orleans. I, you know, I listen to a lot of podcasts, and a lot of times they'll be like, "We're live from wherever," and you're. It's three days later, so I don't <laughs> want to say we're live because we're live to tape, I guess, as they say in the biz. Yeah. Um, but anyway, we're in New Orleans. We had the rivals camp on Sunday. Uh, Nick's gonna be traveling this week. Uh, I'm gonna be traveling this week. So our boy Rob Cassidy missing out. Um, He's with us in uh, spirit, though, anyway. He yeah. Just texting me, complaining earlier, so. Well, and we're always talking about him behind his back, so it's like he's here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not a real alpha dog move on our part. But, uh, speaking of which, boy, this the new green Tulane hat that I was going to give to Andrew Ivins will be uh, staying with me in my office. Mm-hmm. So luckily, neither Rob nor Andrew listens to the podcast, so well, they'll never know we said anything about him. Yeah. We want to remind you, uh, subscribe on iTunes, things of that nature. Actually, got three new reviews over the past two weeks. I'm going to be sure to uh, shout out those people when I'm more prepared to record said podcast, but we're up against it. So uh, please leave us more reviews because guess what? Three new reviews moves us up the iTunes charts. By the way, the bar on those reviews was set pretty high. There was some pretty good, pretty right. well thought out reviews on those comments. Uh, I actually want to save them for when Rob's on because he's going to get real mad when he... Uh, when he when he when he hears about him, he's gonna he's gonna uh, cry chicanery when, <laughs> when <laughs> chicanery is that? <laughs> I think that's the word. Anyway, so let's jump into it. Uh, we had the camp today in New Orleans, boy. And uh, per our inbox, John Kirby sent us all types of emails wanting to know what's going on. Kansas commits everywhere. Two of them: Devonte, Jason, and. Uh, Corian Harris, both earned five-star challenge invites. Both probably could have won MVPs. Harris did win the, the DB MVP. Great day for them, huh? The uh, Man, the fervor around those Kansas commitments, it tells you everything you need to know when, when John Kirby goes on vacation and immediately can think about nothing but how those commits are doing here at our camp in, in New Orleans based on his email <laughs> request as, uh, to how they were doing. But, yeah, I mean, you know, we've seen, we've seen all of those guys, uh, even, you know, temporary commitment Jamar Chase was you know was in in the fold as well and we've seen all of those guys numerous times and really you know I I think across the board with this camp a lot of the guys that we invited um that we have seen multiple times those guys included all really you know continue to live up to uh the way that they've played in the past and continue to improve and get better and find new ways to impress us and I mean Devontae Jason you know even though there was some discrepancy as to you know the the way that I was recording those uh, those those reps early on when everything was happening fast and furious, you know, you guys are going to have to take our word for it. I mean, he made play after play. Uh, he was very impressive on the day. Uh, Corian Harris as well. You know, I got I got I was able to catch more shots to him playing some strong defense. And uh, you know, I mean, what what can be said that hasn't already about those guys? It's really exciting. Yeah, you know, we talked to them, and the, you know, the general consensus down here, I'm sure, was you know, not great for Kansas fans to hear is that they're not going to end up going there. Um, but it's interesting. I mean, you know, we're a month in now. Nothing's changed, right? So, you know, Chase Chase came on and left, and he said, you know, when I talked to him yesterday, he said he felt like, you know, he was a little peer pressured at the time, got caught up in the moment. Um, but but in terms of Harris, you know, he seems pretty locked in. I mean, he, you know, I talked to him. He didn't mention a whole lot else. Jason mentioned he's going to take some visits, and some schools are calling, but it wasn't like he was saying – Okay, I, I'm definitely going here on this day, and uh, you know, so 
it'll it'll be interesting because Jason right now it just seems to be you know uh, his stock is you know skyrocketing because even though you think okay he's already rent, he's already number twenty five in the country he went out to the camp uh, at the Adidas Seven on Seven National Championship wins. I don't know if he won the MVP or, but, you know, he was definitely a type of alpha dog based on things I had read, you know, on our sites and elsewhere. There's videos of him making one-handed catches on uh, on Twitter. Mm-hmm. And uh, the Adidas people that we work with said, hey, we need to get this kid in the Army game. And I was yeah. like, yeah, couldn't, no doubt. I told you that four months ago. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but I don't make those decisions yeah. uh, by myself. But. But anyway, everyone's on board, and then he played in a basketball. He played in a state championship basketball game last night, three hours away. Yeah. They won. He told me he got home at three a.m. Camp check-in was at eight thirty this morning. Right. So you know, he figured he got less sleep than even we did. He rolls out there, and he's toasting people left and right. Yeah. And he, he shut it down about a half hour. And he was early. joking around. He was in a good mood. Did right. he win a state championship? Yeah, they game? won. Oh yeah. well, no wonder he was in such a good mood. So they, he also won the they won the football championship this year. Banner year. So and he, he had three touchdowns in that game. So I mean, if you look at his timeline from December to now, sometimes when a guy like him commits to 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 a school like Kansas, you say, no, he couldn't. You know, he couldn't have gone elsewhere or whatever. Is we're on a trajectory where he can go anywhere in the country. So sure. Um, I'm gonna be interested. I'm gonna be curious. I mean, people, the knock on him seems to be his speed, his time on a forty. But I mean, as witnessed by some of the clips that you failed to record, <laughs> video wise, <laughs> my failing video skills. Well, the, uh... the overrated Nick Kruger <laughs> fails again. Sad. Um, he was pulling away from people though, and that was on a forty-yard route. I mean, well, you know what. Sometimes the best way to describe what happens with him is like, were you ever playing Madden with your friends? And it's like your friend throws a deep pass, and you feel like your receiver, you feel like your defensive guy's got it covered. And somehow, like the ball just kind of like morphs through the guy <laughs> oh, into man. the receiver's hands. That's, that's sort of what happens with him sometimes. And you're just like, you don't you don't know how he made the catch because even though he, even though he doesn't like necessarily pull away speed wise. Uh, he's just so physically dominant over so many guys that he just has other elements of his, you know, physical abilities to, you know, to create some kind of separation. Uh, I'm not trying to rustle a bunch of papers here, but I am. We've got the hand size grades from today. Oh, man, I didn't realize we were in the you know, boy, business of doing that. I want to talk about that when Rob's on the air. <laughs> uh, what, boy, what number was it? Was Devontae wearing today? Do we remember? Boy. Wearing? Uh, yeah. No, I don't remember. One way off the grid there. I thought it was in the 30s. Anyway... I wanted to I wanted to kind of mention that and see see what we had, but he goes up and catches the ball with one hand. He's amazing. I'm I'm a big fan of his. I'm sorry, I don't care how slow he is or allegedly slow he is. We like him. Kansas, though, you know, we talked to the defensive lineman from Missouri. He mentioned them. Schools are mentioning them. So you know whether they keep Jason and Harris or not, they're in the mix for players they've never been in the mix before. They have to have a good season. We say this every time. They have to have it because. You can sell hope, but you can only sell it for so long. So, say they even I I think if they win like four games, they're moving up in the world. You yeah, know? if they well, you know I I suppose it I suppose it depends on a on a player to player basis. If you if you win four games and you're competitive and right. three yeah, others yeah, yeah. or something like that, you know, especially especially well maybe with the Louisiana kids, it might be a little bit different because. Uh, you know, territorially, they're probably more locked into SEC games. But I mean, 
you know, in Texas, you know, people talk about a Big 12 schedule. I mean, and yeah. all eyes are on those games. I mean, if if, if Kansas uh, can find, you know, if those three other competitive games are against high-profile Big 12 teams, a TCU and, a, you know, a Oklahoma or something like that, and they find a way to make things interesting and, you know, where you can sense that the team is actually, you know, you know there, there's like uh, tangible evidence that that team is actually on the rise, the program's on the rise, then, yeah, I mean, that, that helps them get another leg up on the on the ladder there. So, so Kansas fans, we're going to keep talking to you every week. Uh, everyone else is like, why do you keep talking about stupid Kansas? Uh, man, man, that's the new hotness. Yeah, I got you this know? for you, everybody else. we got to talk about it. The new girl in school is always the best looking one. Right? Right. They, got two, they, they got two of the top 70 players in the country, and they're, they're recruiting well, and the, their guys are showing out at, at major events every week, so they're going to be on our mind. Uh, we also wanted to talk about TCU. You mentioned them uh, being in the Big 12. And being on Kansas' schedule. That's true. They picked up a big commit this week, uh, four-star, right? Yeah, Rivals 250 safety at Tanza Vongor. Um, you know, it was great uh, for any for those keeping track at home. You know, we saw him at, uh, after Texas Junior Day. And, you know, I, I don't suppose I was breaking any news uh, when, you know, it's when I said it seemed like he was a, a heavy lean to TCU. I'm not the only person that thought that. But, um, you know, just the way that he was talking about TCU after Texas Junior Day, you know, relative to the way that he was talking about the Longhorns or Baylor, you know, the other two teams in his top three, um, you know, he just had a different energy. He had a different, you know, he, he was saying, like, when he talked about Texas, he would talk about Texas. When he talked about Baylor, he talked about Baylor. When he talked about TCU, he was talking about us. You know what oh, I mean? Oh, yeah, yeah. So, so that was, you know, the writing was on the wall pretty clearly there. But, I mean, man, you know, this is a guy that, uh, you know, that I had seen play last fall. Uh, we'd seen him at camps before and he was looking um you know he's a he's a bigger guy and he's not as nimble as some other defensive back so in a camp format you know it doesn't always translate to how good he actually was when you see him in 11 on 11 he covers so much ground uh he's he was very impressive physically i mean this is the guy that allowed jeffrey okuda who was on his team last year a five-star guy that we had at safety it allowed him to slide over to cornerback and actually i mean you know if we're talking about okuda playing cornerback at ohio state possibly i mean we saw him work so hard at it uh during army week as well i mean being giving him the opportunity to play that cornerback position for his team because you're such a good safety and you can take away so much of the field in the secondary i mean that was you can know that you can attribute that to a tanza so um, so I think that's a big pickup for TCU, and, and you're looking at the momentum that TCU has early in this recruiting class. I mean, there's a couple of guys, uh, you know, I made a video le- last night, you know, analyzing the commitment as I as I do. Um, but, you know, there's a couple other guys on that team right now. O'Shawn Mathis is another defensive end that I think, you know, could be primed at, as we see him over the course of the spring, could be primed for a bump in the rankings as well. And you're looking at a team that's really in the thick of things, winning the battle of uh, recruiting in Texas right now. Yeah, and, and it's interesting. We talked to a lot of the players here in Louisiana about them, namely Justin Rogers, the quarterback who won the MVP award today. He uh, he's the favorite. You know, TCU's the favorite. Yeah, and I think he went to North Carolina. He raved about it. Uh, he's going to Tennessee. I think he's going to like it up there. But but TCU seems to have the, the the clear edge. And I think, in my personal opinion, he's going to go to TCU. Or he's going to go to Oregon, mm. and the only reason I can include Oregon as a wild card is because he mentioned that it was his dream school growing up, and then he said it was his mom's dream school. And I was like, "Man, was mom a big... dream school for him?" Or dream... I was like, "No, for, yeah, for him to go to." Oh, and I was okay. like, Man, "Mom was a big Danny O'Neill fan back in the '90s or whatever." Uh, that's an off offbeat <laughs> reference, but uh, I, I think he probably ends up at TCU at this point, based on talking to him today. Um, so that's your quarterback, and if you get 
you know, high profile guy who's he's on the bootleggers, which is, you know, the best one of the best seven on seven teams in the country. He's a quarterback of that team. Yeah. Those guys travel every week. So next thing you know, all of a sudden, okay, he's helping recruit all these guys and and it's big. So TCU TCU's got some momentum right now in recruiting. You mentioned they beat out Texas uh, for uh, Vonger. So, you know, te- for t- Texas does not have momentum, in my opinion. No, I, I mean, I, I think it's I think it's too early to make that call. I mean, not a lot of people. Well, not a lot of schools have momentum right now, though. I mean, we'll talk about another program in a while. But some of these schools, we, we just did the conference rundown in the SEC. And you're looking at programs with two commitments. Right. You know, and ten- Tennessee being one of them that are getting kind of restless. But... The coaches have been chilling. I mean, you know, they've been taking vacations. I've been seeing Kirby Smart hitting the slopes and playing golf. And so <laughs> once those guys get back and get to work, you know, uh, I mean, we, we have a hard enough time getting over there to see them. Some schools standing us up, you know, two times within the span of one month. So, uh, you know, anyway, so so good job by TCU. Now, we I just mentioned Kirby Smart, Georgia. They lose a commitment from four-star offensive lineman Max Ray. This is an Army All-American guy with you know a million offers. More importantly, uh, at least in my mind, is his little brother, more like his big, bigger little brother, uh, Jake. You know, is one of the top players in the class of twenty twenty. He's already got about thirty-five offers. Mm. Um, and what you know, Max was so locked into Georgia. I mean, I just did a story with him. You know, right after signing day where he said, you know, I'm not visiting. I'm not even going to take visits anywhere. I'm not doing anything. And the problem is, you know, you have Jake getting all these offers and he he wants to take visits. So it's like, you know, you're a football player. Your dad's taking you down to Alabama. You're a little, you know, your big brother's not going to come along for the ride when Alabama's recruiting him too. So so I think there was some miscommunication there on on the end between Georgia and and the and the race side of things and i don't think they were happy about him taking visits along with jake so next thing you know he ends up decommitting uh you know in a kind of well i mean how is how how could that how could that coaching staff not come to that same conclusion that you just uh, I, the problem that's that's only that's only just your brain thinking about nine or ten other brains that somebody could have spoke up yeah oh yeah i see what you're saying i thought you were saying it was my brain crafting a theory but no no it's my yeah i mean this is based on what i've been told so but yeah i'm with you but you know guess what i mean the papers aren't signed right i don't want to go i don't want to go into too many specifics as as i was told some of the stuff on background but you know the amount of times that we have dis, you know miscommunications between once a school coach and a in a in a in a family side or a you know a handler side or a coach side on the on the kid and the prospects that happens all the time. So unfortunately for George, you know Georgia fans, you know they they seem pretty bummed out just because he was a Pied Piper type guy for them in the class. Um, and now, I, I honestly, I don't think he ends up there. I think he's probably, I saw, you know, some people uh, predicting he was going to go to Alabama now. Personally, I think he's going to end up at LSU along with his brother. That's just my opinion. That's not based on any information that I have as of right now. But hopefully we'll have a story on it this week. You know, Georgia's, Georgia did get a commitment this week from Jaden Hazelwood, who's a, who's a receiver, I think. My guess would be he's going to be a five-star when the rankings come out. I don't want to speak out of school now that I'm not doing the Georgia rankings, but guess what? That's Chad's problem. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, 
But I think Chad, I, you know, Chad's very high on him. I think we're going to have to sell Mike Farrell on him a little bit. But, you know, you watch the analysis video that, that Chad did with all the video I shot. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, <laughs> it was an all-star combination. <laughs> yeah. You know, they don't call us a dream team for nothing. Right. Um, and you see him returning kicks. I mean, he could probably be a five-star safety if he wanted to. And he's one of these kids that's like – He's almost like aloof to how good he is, you know, like sort of like Trevor Lawrence, you know, he's just awesome. And it's, he knows he, he kind of knows it, but he kind of doesn't care because he's just there, go, you know, hanging out. With yeah. So. Uh, so, you know, I really I really like him. We're going to get a chance to see him in Atlanta. You'll be there. I'll be there. Yep. Um, so so I'd be on the lookout for him. You know, he was that was a huge get. Georgia's got a lot of 2019 commits. Nolan Smith is another guy who I personally think you know, has a chance to be a top 50 guy. I mean, by the time it's all said and done, he's he definitely fits the bill of the Pied Piper for that 2019 class. So Georgia doesn't have anything to worry about. I mean, losing race stinks, but guess what? It happens. You know, it's funny, too. Uh, the, there's a couple guys. There's, I don't hear Georgia's name often in terms of recruiting necessarily uh, when it comes to Texas, but occasionally their name pops up, and people really have a, uh, a positive uh, – the, the recruits have a positive – take on the way that they're recruited from Georgia and I feel like you know it's like you said they'll re- they'll rebound no matter what uh being the program that they are but you know I think just as recruiters I think it's safe to say that you know decommitment aside they're probably gonna be just fine with whoever they go after well on you, some level. you know and speaking of the 2019 kids they have committed I mean they had that game in Georgia this year that the true 19 game yeah they ended up taking a bunch of them to an uh, unofficial visit to Georgia where they get offered. I mean, yeah. that was really beneficial to Georgia for, from that Texas perspective because where are you going to – how are you going to get kids like R.J. Henderson or whoever, you know what I mean, yeah. Jalen Curry or Stribling or whatever. You're not going to get them on campus if you're Georgia in a January, you know what I mean, three years before they sign. So right. um, I think that was really, really productive as well. So, so Georgia's got nothing to worry about, and their fans are getting restless. I know they're on there, being like, "When are we going to get our next? Uh, when are we going to get our next commitment?" You know, and yeah. I'm like, "You know, just chill, guys. <laughs> It'll all work out." Well, you know, sp- I mean, is spring football when's that really get underway? It's getting ramped up. So, I mean, every, every school's on. I'm not sure exactly when Georgia starts. After I mean, after spring break, that's when it all gets when it gets yeah for yeah the, for a lot of high programs. And stuff. Yeah 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 spring yeah, and then that's when the coaches can come out. Yeah. And, more offers the come offers out. Really start yeah. flying. Yeah. I think we're going to see the quarterback dominoes start falling really soon. Um, so I think that's something to watch as well. George is in the market for one, maybe two quarterbacks this year. Uh, so, so we'll be watching that closely. So moving on, uh, we got a big interview this week. Interview back. Man. <laughs> Nick and I went on the road. We went on a visit to Tulane while we were here in New Orleans. Had a chance uh, to meet with Coach Willie Fritz, formerly of Georgia Southern. Yes. Um, you know, we know a lot of people that bet a, bet on a lot of college football games and bet on a lot of Georgia Southern games yeah. in the past. So well, uh, Somebody got a hot tip on that one. Yeah, so, so, so Coach Willie, uh, you know, somebody we had a great time talking with. His son, Wes, also uh, works over there in the recruiting office. So they showed us around. We had a great time. Nick was ready to commit on the visit. I'm wearing my Tulane hat right now, actually. <laughs> I, get, I probably shouldn't say that as it's Nike, but... <laughs> You know, hey, <laughs> can't help who you love, right? You know, and then on, a, you know, <laughs> on the way back to the car, we run into uh, one and only James Carvel. Oh, yeah. Um, which was really exciting for us as well. So mm-hmm. um, it was a big day for us on, at Tulane's campus. Really appreciate them rolling out the red carpet. So, yeah, this is kind of a little nuts and bolts recruiting. You basically get to hear Coach, uh, Coach Fritz's uh, pitch to maybe parents or whatever. He, mm-hmm. gives, he gives us all types of info. So, uh, 
take it away. What are you, Nick, sitting in Coach Fritz's office? Okay, here we are sitting in the office of Tulane head coach Willie Fritz. Coach, how are you doing today? Doing fantastic. You just gave us a big tour of the facility. We got to see everything you have to offer here at Tulane. Kind of give the people listening just an idea of how excited you are to be here. We can tell, you know, just from your attitude that you really like it here. But how has that transition been, you know, that you know you've been here for a full year? It's been a great transition. You know, I, I brought uh, most of my guys from uh, – Georgia Southern, who'd been with me, and some of those guys that coached with me at four different spots over the years. This is going to be my 25th year as a head coach, and I've uh, taken over five kind of turnaround programs uh, Blinn Junior College, University of Central Missouri, Sam Houston State, Georgia Southern, and now Tulane. Uh, you know, whenever you're, you're taking a new job, you really try to look and see. Uh, you know, what are the positives? And we've got a bunch here at Tulane. Uh, we're re really selling three things here at Tulane. You know, number one, an opportunity to get a world-class education. We're one of the top academic uh, schools in, uh, in the United States. Second thing we're selling is an opportunity to play big-time Division One football. We're, uh, you know, there's 10 Division One conferences in the United States, and the American was the fifth-rated conference. Uh, the, the Big 12 was actually sixth. So it's a very, very competitive level of football, and then you get to do both these things in the iconic city of New Orleans. So it's a, a little different college experience than, than maybe you get at some other universities. You mentioned this, this, the rebuilding efforts you've done. You were at Georgia Southern uh, for, for two years. You had two great seasons there before you came here. What made you want to – you had just started to build it up there. What made you want to come to New Orleans and, and – Go sort of take on another project like that. Oh, you know, my wife thinks I'm crazy, but I, I love the challenge. I really do. I I I like uh, uh, doing something that hadn't been done before. And one of the things that we're we're wanting to get accomplished here is is is, is develop a, a consistent winner here at Tulane. They've had some great teams in the past. They just haven't done it year after year after year after year. You know, when you when you look at uh, you know, I talked about the the city and the league and. And uh, you know the academics and all the different things we have to sell, but the other the other component that was important to me was the, the ability to to be around great athletes. And, and when you look at uh, where we're located, and the states that are near us, which are you know drivable distances, you know you got great football in the state of Louisiana, great football, obviously in New Orleans, great football in Texas, Mississippi, Alabama, Georgia, Panhandle of Florida. That's primarily our area. Now, we'll branch out a little bit further than that. Only about 15% of the student body here at Tulane is actually from the state of Louisiana. So we're, we're more of a national university. And we, quite frankly, we had some kids contact us who were excellent students who had some really nice offers that were from a distance, but they knew about Tulane and they wanted this type of degree. How, is, how important is it for you to... Change, to uh... To, to get that perception out there, to think that, okay, you guys can be, you know, the premier academic school, like you said, in the American Conference and offer that degree that maybe you're not going to get at a public school somewhere else in another state. Well, you, you know, I always ask kids, where, where, where do you think you're going to end up when you graduate from, from college? You know, and, and if, if you're going to end up, you know, back home or, or near the, the public university you're going to, hey, a degree from that institution is fantastic for you. But if you're not sure, if you're a guy that's willing and able to travel, and, uh, you know, this degree is going to help you nationwide. You know, we've got uh, a large number of uh, alums from New York City, Chicago, Los Angeles, Miami, Atlanta, uh, 
you know, one of the unique things I feel like about our university is you can't really tell the difference here at Tulane on campus between a, a Wednesday and a Saturday, you know, because these kids live here year round. You know, they, they, they don't, they can't fly home to New York City every weekend. Right. You know, so you, you get a chance to make some really big time contacts. And, you know, we, we talk to our guys about the next 40 years of your life, not the next four years of your life. You know, and, and this degree can really help you, you know, and it might help you in four years, it might, might help you in 30 years get that job that's, that's really going to help you out and set you up. When you guys were at Georgia Southern, you did a great job. When we both lived in Atlanta, and we would go watch games, and we would see guys that were committed to you that were, you know, sliding under the radar that we thought were Power Five caliber guys. It was probably easier to reach into Atlanta when you were uh, three or four hours down the road. What's the strategy been like here, trying to say, okay, we got to identify guys in Louisiana, but also spreading out and finding those players and, and getting them to come down here? You, you, you know, I just think it's. Uh... Because we're a national university, because of, you know, the academic prowess of the university, well, we appeal to a little different kid than, than maybe some other universities. And, uh, you know, and also it's, it's very important for guys to, uh, to play at the highest level they can play at. Again, that is another reason why this job was attractive to me is, is that it's, it's playing at a high level. And uh, we, we consider the American part of the power six you know, not the group of four, you know, and, and uh, uh, it's been a really, really strong conference. And uh, it's it's a unique conference also in the fact that you got a lot, of, a lot of universities that are in large metropolitan areas. And, and a lot of the schools are national-type universities. So, uh, you know, th there are some similarities in the kids that we recruit, that, that we recruited at Georgia Southern, but there's also – a lot of differences as well with with recruiting a, a Tulane guy. What's your kind of when you put together your recruiting board and your targets of, of guys that you want to get together? I mean, what's kind of your overall strategy? Because we see some schools, uh, you know, kind of deliver uh, or put out a lot of offers early in the process, uh, and kind of and kind of reshuffle based on how things shake out. Are you would you say you're given given the academic standards that you guys have here and, and the things that you're trying to accomplish as a program, or you, would you say maybe you're choosier with who you put those offers out to? Or? Well, I think so. You know, it's, it's, in this day and age, I think you got to be careful about, uh, you know, getting involved real early unless you're 100% positive. You know, with, uh, you know, the coaches make a mistake, it's, uh, it's a bad deal. Kids change, it's, it's not a bad deal. So, you know, uh, I know there's some schools who, who throw out three, four, five hundred early offers. I don't know what the heck they would do if 50 of them call one day and said they're <laughs> they're going to take it and they're going to come, you know. And and uh, the other part that see the, the difference, you know, I, I guess with me compared to maybe a lot of college coaches, I've I've been on the other side of the table, you know. When I was a junior college head coach, I'd have about 30 guys sign a year, and I was their mom, their dad, their coach, helping them make a decision. And, uh, you know, I, I would have to sift through some offers, you know, and, and really figure out what was real and what wasn't real. Uh, so, so we're very selective, uh, not just because of the academic standards here, but, you know, I want to get to know the kid. I want to, you know, there, there's no substitute for a character and, and to really uh, uh, understand a, a young man's character. you got to develop a relationship with him, and it takes some time to do. And uh, unfortunately, everything's been accelerated in this recruiting. You know, 
you know, uh, it got changed here about 15, 20 years ago. It used to be in the old days, it was, you know, player season, take your five visits, sign with somebody. You know, now, now some, from some of the data that I've, I've seen, you know, uh, kids are really would like to, you know, sign, you know, and, and know where they're going by September, October mm-hmm. of their senior year. And, and that's another thing you got to really look at is, you know, with going fast, you know, uh, and, and, and throwing these offers out earlier, you know, trying to, you know, uh, project a guy, his height, his weight, his, his, his uh, uh, measurables, sometimes as a sophomore in high school. And how much improvement are you going to see? And we, we do a lot of research on that ourselves. Yeah. You, know, as, you know, here's what this guy ran in track as a sophomore. This is the verified time that we have. You know, here's what most guys improve their senior year. And, uh, you know, we, we've seen that with, with, with a lot of kids. So uh, we're, we're very careful about extending ourselves uh, too much too early. So we've we heard the coaches from the high school coaches from New Orleans have been in the news. They were you know the, with with LSU, and then we had the the other coach from Shreveport or, or from uh, another part of the state with uh, banning Nick Saban from campus. Right. How has it been for you being a guy that's you know not from the area coming in and kind of developing those relationships? And how important is it to have you know the city of New Orleans and more importantly the state guys that are, that produce quality players you know believing in what Tulane's doing well it's been awesome we've we've really uh uh i think uh, made tremendous inroads with uh developing relationships with the high school coaches and the, the student athletes uh, you know but at the same time you know we're one to do a, a great job of, of getting guys that are bona fide division 1 football players you know, and, and uh, uh, it's going to be hard for us to be a consistent winner if we're taking thirds and fourths right. in this area. And and, uh, and I, I was quite frank at my press conference after signing day. You know, we actively recruited. When I there, there was more guys than, than than the number that I'm going to give you, but you know, there was 19 guys that we were in the mix with. You know, and and uh, you know, I believe uh, 11 or 12 of those guys signed with Power Six schools. And then there was, uh, you know, a couple that signed with us, and a couple we got beat on by some schools in state and some other schools that are that are uh, uh, not too far away, and and we got to win those battles. Those are the ones we got to win, and uh, you know it takes a little bit of time, uh, but but we've got in order for us to to get this program going in the direction we wanted to go in, we, we've got to we've got to find those upper tier guys, and those are the guys we got to get here at Tulane. Should we ask him about the early signing period? Since, uh, since <laughs> oh yeah, what do you, yeah, what, what's your take on what's your take on that? You know, I, I, it'll be interesting to see when it, this all gets finalized and everything else. And it sounds like the the December signing date's going to occur. And we've gone round and round about this. So, in some regards, I think it's going to be good for us. In other regards, it might not be good for us. We'll have to wait and see. But uh, I, I think it's going to. Uh, force people into really making sure about these early offers because now kids are probably going to commit a little bit earlier where they were before they were maybe committing in uh you know october december they're going to start committing in august and september right and uh you know i don't think as late as it's going to be it shouldn't interfere with 
high school uh, playoffs, championships, those kind of different things. But, uh, you know, we're going to proceed like we always have, and, and uh, you know, we'll see what happens that first year. Um, you know, you, you have all the good things about New Orleans to sell, uh, but you saw you also bringing in, you know, a bunch of teenagers, and you've got a lot of stuff in this city, a lot of places to have fun. Yeah. How do you balance, you know, and, and sell that to parents that, you know, hey, Bourbon Street's right down the road, but we're going to make sure the guys don't get in trouble or uh, balance <laughs> you know, One that. of the things we do is we really uh, uh, we embrace the, the culture of New Orleans. Uh, you know, this is, you know, I had somebody tell me the other day there's two iconic cities in the United States, San Francisco and New Orleans. And, uh, and that's New probably York true. Make the list, huh? <laughs> New York did not make the list. Sorry. You know, and, Statesboro uh, wasn't on there. And, uh, Statesboro <laughs> went on there. Huntsville, Texas wasn't, wasn't on But, you know, we embrace it. We really do. We, uh, uh, we, we actually, uh, during recruiting, we, had, we did a second line with all the players and recruits, you know, families, all that stuff, which was really neat. Went across Canal Street, you know, and you know Bourbon Street is a is a area for tourists here. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, mo most people who live here, the only time they go down there is when uh, somebody from out of town comes in and wants to go down there. You yeah. know, there's so much to you know with the the World War II Museum, Magazine Street, the Garden District, St. Charles, the French Quarter, Jackson Square. I mean, it, 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 there's just a lot of neat things to do here in New Orleans and and. Uh, you know, it's like our guy. You know, New Orleans was set up as a pedestrian city, and and uh, you know, there's a lot of places within walking distance around our campus, and which is different than Atlanta or Austin. You know, and and unless you live down there in Sixth Street, you got to drive to it. You know, and and here there's little Sixth Streets all over the place. You know that you can that you can go to, and uh, so uh, we we really sold the people on it you know we've got what we call two-lane uber you know we've got a shuttle system that provided over a quarter million rides for our students last year uh we've got the streetcars you know you can walk right out your dorm room go about 300 yards and jump on a streetcar and go down to the riverfront mall and all, all those areas down there and so there's there's a lot of stuff to do here we we, we sell it all you know and i, I want them to that should be a reason they'd want to come to school here. You know, when I see these kids, I, 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 we don't have, our guys don't go home very often. You know, right. you know, other places I've been, you know, Saturday was unless it was game day, it was a ghost town. Yeah, get away. You know, on, on, in January and February and March, here these kids don't go home. Their coach, we're in, we're in New Orleans. We're right next to the the fly, you know, which is Mississippi River. Mm -hmm. You know, you can walk there. You can walk to Audubon Park. The zoo's right over there. You know, it's, there's a lot of stuff to do here. So we'll wrap it up with this. You know, spring football's, you know, around the corner for everybody. But what have you been doing to, with your time? You've been taking some time off getting away from football? or what? You know, you never really get it. You know, my wife, someone asked her the other day, is, is this your downtime for your husband? And she said, yeah, he works only about 70 hours a week <laughs> right now. So you, you, you never really uh, get away from it. Uh, you know, after signing day, you really try to do, uh, you evaluate your recruiting. What was good, what was bad. I'm a big statistical analysis nut. You know, not just with football. With, you know, you try to make subjective things objective, if at all possible. So you really analyze your program. You go back and look at the season. You go visit people, you know, and talk to them and, 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 and uh, 
you know, it's, it's, it's kind of a refresher course. What'd you do good? What do, what do you want to throw out? What do you want to do differently? And that is in all facets of your program. You know, I'm a, I was a strength and conditioning coach for 15 years, you know, so I've, I've, I like going in the weight room and, and being around the guys and, and, uh, you know, and then part of it too is learning about New Orleans. This is the first time I've lived in the big city since I left high school, you know, left my hometown in high school, uh, after high school. So, uh, you know, now you got spring ball, then you got the spring recruiting and there's always things to do. You know, I, I go around and visit with donors and so I, I have enough to keep myself busy. So, so there was no vacation? No. You know, I, I usually take off, uh, well, I hope I don't take off two weeks again and over Christmas like I did <laughs> yeah, this, this last year. <laughs> you know, but uh, uh, in the summer, I, I usually take off a couple weeks. I'm from Kansas City originally. I'll go up there. And I got a daughter who uh, works over in uh, Houston. Oh, okay. My other daughter is over in, uh, she goes to Georgia. Oh, good. I'll go over to Athens. Um, yeah, we got a small window for vacations too. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, all right, Coach. Well, thanks a lot for joining yeah, us. We really bet. appreciate it. You bet. All right, and we're back. <laughs> what a great interview! Right, Coach really got going on some Jags there for a while, but uh, mm-hmm. hey, you know they don't call it Coach Speak for nothing. We tried to get him to lighten up a little bit and talk about. Uh, should ask him what his favorite movie was. I guess <laughs> what's on his iPod. Well, let's uh, let, let's not let's not neglect to tell the story about when we were getting the the tour and we we hit the locker room and the whole time we're in the locker room you know we hear some water trickling off off outside into the into the distance or whatever and we're walking back out through and you know showers there's nobody in the showers and that's the that's the problem right somebody left the water <laughs> in the shower on, and uh coach had to excuse himself to make sure that he went in there and shut the water off and himself you know yeah on dad mode yeah he went full full on dad he was pretty <laughs> upset he was pretty upset about it too uh and, uh, you know, he came up through the JUCO ranks, as we talked about on there. So, you know, for him, you know, this is this is only, a, you know, he's only been a, a FBS coach for, you know, three years. So, um, you know, as a bit, you know, he, he's still living it, living a the life. They had nice facilities over there, uh, as the kids would say. Mm-hmm. Uh, we enjoyed our time. So thanks to Tulane. We appreciate it. Now, moving on. Uh, I was about to do Tweet of the Week prior to my phone uh, disagreeing with me. <laughs> This tweet actually retweeted into my timeline by Rob Cassidy himself. Oh, yeah, man. So this has nothing to do with football, but guess what? We need to tweet. <laughs> Vernon Maxwell, our boy, Mad Max. You yes. know, I had to kind of remind Nick who he was just a, pro- a little bit. Cause, my yeah. main frame of reference with, with Maxwell was he was the he was the partner to Hakeem Olajuwon in the original NBA Jam game. Oh, okay, really yeah, did. yeah. So, you know, those who don't remember, you know, you want to talk about three-point shooting and uh, – you know, analytics, those teams with Akeem uh, winning back-to-back titles with Maxwell and, uh, you know, uh, our boy Sam Cassell, right. Kenny Smith. Yeah. I remember him Robert for the, uh, the, the four, 450 front flip dunks and uh, <laughs> okay, uh, nah. break, crashing the backboard once again. Yeah. He, he wouldn't do that as much. <laughs> at the, you know, I remember him crashing into the stand, you know, getting in a fight with a – I think he believed he tried to fight a fan after a game one time. Oh. And, so in the Twitter area, I don't think our boy Mad Max would have been. Uh, you know, if they want to put, uh, if they want to put the kid from Duke in therapy, Mad Max might have been. Uh, <laughs> you know, headed to the mental institution or whatever. But, but uh, anyway, so he, t- so you know, he he fired off some tweets this week, made uh, Utah Jazz fans angry uh, as he was cutting up. Uh, I don't want to go through the whole the whole read there, but anyway, he tweets out the other night. 
He says, I'd like to apologize, jazz fans that were offended by my tweets. If I knew you guys had internet in Utah, I would have never made those tweets. (laughs) (laughs) Just, just great, Mad Max. Um, You know, winner and still champion of Twitter this week, (laughs) definitely Vernon Maxwell. Man, I'd hate to hear his his uh, his voicemail inbox after after that one from the the fans in Utah. Yeah, Um, Carl Malone might have had a thing or two to say. Yeah. One of his tweets was, shout out to Salt Lake City, home of the salty. <laughs> uh, you know, it, it was, uh, it, there was a lot of jokes in there. So, um, so, so big shout for him. It, it was funny making us, making us all laugh. Now, rants and recommendations. We're here in New Orleans. We're going to do a New Orleans-themed yes. uh, rants and recommendations. Yeah, which I should, I'll, I'll cue up some jazzy music for this one <laughs> instead of the, the usual. Yeah. Put, put on some uh, some jazz. So anyway, you know we're here we're here in New Orleans. We could probably rant a lot about a lot of things in this city. Um, so we'll start with a recommendation first. Um, what you know, raising canes. You know, a lot of people think, hey, just another chicken tender place. Oh, okay. sorry, it was Kyrie Irving. Kyrie Irving just turned an alley oop toss into a layup or something. <laughs> anyway, um, anyway, raising canes. Fast food place, primarily. In, I mean, there's some in Texas, right? I've seen them in Texas. Yeah, there's, some there's, one, yeah, there's one close to my house in Austin. They're in Atlanta. Yeah, they're, are they? I, I think so. I can't remember. Yeah, anyway, you know, they placed highly on uh, the Ringer's list of, uh, of fast food items, which was very controversial, mm-hmm. and we don't want to really get into it because it's stupid to talk about. Looking at you, Glicksman. Yeah, come on, Ben Glicksman. He, our former, well, he was supposed to be on the podcast, but I think we just uh, made it a Facebook Live exclusive only, so sorry, Ben, you got cut. <laughs> um, I, we, our audience isn't hip enough. <laughs> um, but anyway, <laughs> but anyway, we like we love Ben. Uh, we, lo- we like the ringer, even though we, we talk about it a lot on here, uh, you know, Friends and family of former rivals employees uh, and current rivals employee Bill Trochi working over there. So anyway, we went to Canes. We got the chicken fingers. We got the fries. Yeah. Pretty good, I would say. I would put them. I'd put them above. I'd put it above Zaxby's. I put it above KFC. I'd put it above Popeyes. Well, it's definitely above KFC. KFC is pretty bottom of the barrel most. I put it. Days. I definitely put it above you know Jared's beloved Bojangles. Well, but that yeah, but that's a different big shot to friend Jared who who really just has a sentimental attachment. Well, he to likes Bojangles. the bi- the biscuits are great the biscuits at Bojangles, great, yeah. but anyway. So, raising canes, you got a chance to try it. Go give it a shot. You get a three piece. Uh, yeah, you know, the, or the or the Caniac combo. Yeah, Caniac combo, which I believe we split. We, uh, we split. <laughs> in case Mister Shut Up and Train is listening to this, uh, he's probably still beyond me. So he actually just texted me earlier. Um, now rants. We've been here. Guess what? What's what, what's the? We got into town on what? March ninth, uh, Thursday, whatever that that day. Yeah, was. March ninth. I mean, you know, we hang out in New Orleans. We go over to TCU. We see a lot of green, of course, at TCU. Why wouldn't Tulane, we see? Tulane. Or t, 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 TCU. <laughs> Tulane. They're green, not purple. Yeah. We see a lot of green, and you know, as we're, we're happening around town, all of a sudden, you start to see a lot more St. Patrick's Day stuff. Which, you know, Nick and I do famous Irish accents. Uh, we once were even mistaken for for Scottish people <laughs> at at a Pat O'Brien's here, oh, in yeah, New here Orleans. in New Orleans. Yeah. The waitress thought we were Scottish. So I mean, these are legit accents. 
We love we love St. Patrick's Day, you know, like a couple of foreign Irishmen. <laughs> but what you know, we're we're sitting here last night. We got people decked out in green from head to toe. Orange on, suspenders. Yeah, orange suspenders. Shamrock glasses. Here's the problem I have. All right. If you want to start observing a holiday a few days early, because you know maybe a Cinco de Mayo similar, where it's like, okay, hey, what do we do? Uh, it's going to be on a Wednesday this week. We can't, you know, be day drinking green beer or whatever. Yeah. Having margaritas all day. That's fine. St. Patrick's Day is on Friday the 17th. So guess what you do? You go out Friday night. <laughs> we don't have to start celebrating the entire weekend before. So we go into the aforementioned Raising Canes. Yeah. And what do they have? Green. The lemonade is, is green. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they say, oh, yeah, it's a special for St. Patrick's Day. <laughs> and I said, I asked the girl behind the counter, I said, hey, what's the date today? <laughs> What day is St. Patrick's Day? It's the 17th. It's a Friday. And she was like, yeah, it's only like five days away. <laughs> Real laissez-faire. Right. I mean, she, you know, it was great because her and I went on a, I went on a little rant, live rant in her face. Yeah. And she then she asked me, then she asked me, what do you want to drink? And I was like, yeah, I'll take the lemonade. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was a real zinger and she didn't even give me a courtesy laugh. Yeah. She was interested that we had a podcast, yeah. at least uh, ever so briefly. So yeah. that's my main rant this week. I had some other stuff on the, the sheet to talk about. Well, we'll save it for next week because I didn't access the sheet when we did this. So fairly long episode. I'm not sure what day it's going to come out. We got some evergreen type stuff here at least. Um, so anyway, we mentioned... Get at us on iTunes. Find us on Twitter. Nick's headed uh, up to the mountain to do a little skiing. You'll see me on the slopes. See, and Steamboat Springs. Oh, man. Someone, you know, Steamboat Springs. Did we get steamboats up there in the mountains? How does that happen? Uh, I can't remember what the story was. There's a story for it. I can't remember what it was. Well, you but know. We only got a minute left on that. Okay, so we got to wrap it up. M Deuce, uh, to play us out. What does that mean to play us out? Uh, that's, that's the sound you're tapping your foot to right now. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Sam <laughs> Deuce. Thanks, everyone. We'll be back next week. <laughs>